TCU Texas Tech, how uh, will this shake out on Thursday night? How does the Tech defense match up with TCU's offense? We'll do keys to the game and predictions. That's coming up next here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yep, Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to uh, podcasts and its audio variety. Subscribe there as well. Sorry if I'm a little scatterbrained tonight. I'm a huge Rangers fan, and so they won the World Series this evening. That was really cool. And so I'm recording this shortly after that. Uh, how many other Rangers fans do we have out there? Please comment here on YouTube. You can tweet at me at Simcox Stephen at Locked On TCU. This is a TCU podcast. Don't worry, we're going to talk plenty about the game that's happening tonight. I just want to say that uh, to start the proceedings this evening, really cool to watch the Rangers finally get it done after that heartbreak back in 2011. But the TCU Horn Frogs, they're playing a football game tonight against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And um, from a news perspective, if you hadn't heard, Baron Morton is going to start for Texas Tech. So technically both teams are going to have their backup quarterbacks starting this football game, but both these guys in Baron Morton and Josh Hoover have a little bit of experience. Hoover coming in with his third start. Morton played some last year as a true freshman, has played a few games this season, uh, replaced Tyler Shook. He also got injured earlier this year with a shoulder injury, Morton that is, and missed some time. Jake Strong, the true freshman, had to take over for him, but now it appears Baron Morton is going to be cleared to play. Um, so TCU's going to have to find a way to slow him down along with that bell cow running back. They have Taj Brooks, who has had an outstanding season, 891 yards on the year. We haven't talked a lot about the Tech defense um, so far this week and how they stack up against TCU. And they're sort of a middle-of-the-pack team at the moment. From a defensive scoring perspective, they've given up 25 points per game, um, which puts them at 62nd in the nation. Uh, in, in total defense, they rank 59th. Um, they've given them about five yards of play this year, 21 offensive touchdowns, and they're giving up 366 and a half yards per game. Now, as we've said all season with this TCU team, their issue, I guess it was somewhat of an issue against uh, Kansas State this past weekend, but for the most part, um, they've been able to put up yards. They've been able to rack up yards and move the ball in between the 20s. The big problem has been, you know, issues on early downs. So first and second down not being successful and putting yourself in third and long. And when the field shrinks, when you get in the red zone, there's just nothing there. It's one of the many things that's been confusing. I guess that part shouldn't have been confusing because that's been a hallmark of Kendall Browse's offense for a long time is that they struggle, you know, when the field condenses in the red zone um, and a lot of offenses that spread you out and rely in the running game on numbers, that's an issue that they're going to have. Uh, the thing that's just stopped me in my tracks is there is absolutely no vertical passing game for TCU this season. And I think like most things with this offense, a lot of it goes back to the O-line just hasn't been very good. And so there's probably, you know, long developing pass plays, route combinations. They just don't think they can run because they can't block it up and give uh, either Chandler Morris or now Josh Hoover, time to step up in the pocket and make those throws. But I think it's also just a philosophy thing. And I don't really understand what they're doing. Like, 
it's hard in college football to dink and dunk and methodically move your way down the field, especially when you have a young team, a team that appears to be undisciplined on that side of the ball specifically, and one penalty or one negative play can really set you back. But back to the Tech defense. So they're kind of middle of the pack defensively. Um, they had they do have 16 sacks this year. Uh, they forced they forced five interceptions, eight fumbles. So you know they've been able to force some chaos, which really like Joey McGuire wants to do that. I remember when he was at Baylor, um, he was instituted as you know he had obviously a big part in their recruiting, and he was a position coach. He was a tight end coach the first year, then they moved him over to the defensive side. But his job when he flipped over to the defense was he was supposed to be the turnover coach. Like he was supposed to be the guy that got that defense thinking about we need to take advantage of opportunities and not only make stops but go get the football. And I remember hearing that and thinking like, okay, that sounds like a really hokey thing and it's a nice little slogan, but you can't really coach turnovers. Like you can't coach somebody into having uh, ball skills, being able to make plays on the ball, being able to you know have the instincts to get in there and create those types of splash plays. But um, they did a really nice job. I can't remember what year that was. I guess 2021 uh, when Baylor went to the Big 12 championship game. They did a really nice job of, of doing that, and their mantra was take three. And they were trying to force three turnovers per game. And uh, they've taken that. The coaching staff has taken that over to Texas Tech now, and that's still what they're preaching. Take three, try to cause three turnovers. And um, they've had success with that. At times, from a sack perspective, uh, they're getting some, you know, big time plays from their linebackers. Tim DeRuiter likes to bring pressure. Miles Cole leads the team with three and a half sacks. Uh, Tony Bradford Jr. is their leading uh, sack guy from the D line, um, one and a half sacks on the season. So he's going to be a name to know and somebody they're going to have to block only eight tackles the season, but, you know, almost two sacks. So he's made an impact when he has played. Uh, ben Roberts is their leading tackler at the linebacker position. And, you know, they have some DBs who have experience. A lot of those guys came in through the transfer portal. So can TC run the football? Um, can they find a way to, you know, stay on schedule and make plays and then protect Josh Hoover and allow him to get back to some of the things that we saw in that BYU game where he was getting the ball out fast. He was making, um, you know, good decisions. He was being decisive. He was – uh, getting it out into his playmakers' hands and allowing them to make plays. We'll have to see what happens when they get on the field. Um, but for me, it, it continues to start in with the offensive line, and that's been their big weak spot this year. They've, they've had the ability to kind of physically impose themselves on a few teams this season, like Houston and SMU. Uh, maybe they can do that against Texas Tech, but it's been a rough go lately for that group. You know, when you look at these two teams – it's almost like they're staring in a mirror at each other. They're very, very similar. Texas Tech also came into the year with big expectations, had a ton of returning production. They're now sitting at three and five. They've had injuries, had injury of the quarterback. They lost their season opener inexplicably to Wyoming. That game was on the road. Um, you know, they've had some close games that they'd like to have back. Again, defense is sort of middle of the pack, which is is similar to what TCU does. So who's going to come out on top and kind of take control and get this done? It remains to be seen. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in what the atmosphere is going to be like tomorrow because this is not a team in Texas Tech that is in contention. They're struggling. I know Tech fans are great. 
but you have to wonder, okay, how much energy can you get up and muster um, in these situations when, when the team's struggling? And so hopefully the Frogs can start fast and get ahead. I, I think that was a huge part of the big difference between the BYU game and the K-State game. They got out to an early lead against the Cougars and sort of could dictate the tempo and do what they wanted to do. Complete flip of the script against Kansas State, and it drastically changed, you know, the <coughs> – excuse me – the directions that those games went. When we come back, the Big 12 released their new schedules um, or, or their future schedule, I guess I should say, for 2024 through 2027. Who does TCU play next year? What rivalry is going to be protected? What team will they play every single season? Surprisingly, it's only one team. There's only one team that they're playing every year. We'll talk about that more next year on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Prize Picks. It's a place to go for daily fantasy games. PrizePicks.com slash Locked On College. They have a really cool deal coming up or that's going on right now. I'm going to tell you about it here in a minute. Uh, but Prize Picks, it's really simple. If you don't know, like, what is daily fantasy? Um, how does this work? Football season is going on right now. They also have basketball season that is uh, just starting up. NBA getting it going. Um, and they have new pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-point field goals made and receptions. So if you think LeBron will hit five threes and Travis Kelsey will have you know, six receptions, you can combo that kind of parlay that and make it a deal. I want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz. Uh, a lot of you know famous people are involved in Prize Picks. You can do that in the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. They have all sorts of all sorts of great deals. <coughs> Excuse me, going on right now on Prize Picks. They even offer a reboot policy. So entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player exits the game in the first half and does not return, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports app that does that. And they have um, a really great special coming on right now. Go to prizepix.com slash college. Use the promo code LockedOnCollege for our first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash college, And use that code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. They are the leader in fantasy sports. Try out their services today. So the Big 12, it's changing rapidly. Um, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma exiting the league after this season. Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State joining along with the four new teams that joined this year. And so there's been a lot of questions. Okay, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? Are they going to have pods? Are they going to have um, all these different scenarios to try to understand scheduling? And they're not going to do any of that, it appears. But they did release the future schedules for 2024 through 2027. And the one protected rivalry for uh, the, the TCU Horn Frogs is going to be the revivalry that game against the Baylor Bears. And I'm glad that rivalry is getting protected. Now, Here's here's my take on the Baylor TCU rivalry. I, I think it's a good one. It's obviously historic, and I feel like these two schools, it makes the most sense for them to be natural rivals. Now, I will say this is a game that had a lot more juice 
back in the you know 2013 to 2017 range. And of course, a big part of that was that uh, both teams were good. Both teams were playing for you know big games. There were basically Big Twelve championships on the line when they would match up. But the other big part of it, and I was talking with Paul Catalina, my friend who works for 365 Sports, about this today, actually. The other part of that rivalry was that Gary Patterson and Art Bryles hated each other. They did not like each other, uh, and they kind of tried to play it off for a while, but eventually you know, everybody kind of got the picture. Okay, you guys, you're not friends. Um, and so it, it added a lot of vitriol and juice to this game. And since then – both teams have been in both programs have been kind of up and down. And so it feels like neither of them have matched up at a time where they're really good again. But if both can consistently get to a place where they're churning out, you know, eight, nine, 10 win seasons again, then I think that's a game that's going to be fantastic from here on out. Uh, that's it though. They're not going to play Texas tech every year. They're not going to play Oklahoma state every year. Um, there's teams like Houston and uh, tech and, BYU that they get frequently over the next few seasons, but the only game that they're guaranteed to play every year is against Baylor. So here are your Big 12 opponents for the 2024 season. Arizona, Tech, Houston, Oklahoma State, and UCF, Utah, Baylor, Kansas, and Cincinnati. Now, Utah's going to be hard. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Utah's really good. They are physical. Um, They play great defense. This team, this Utes team is pretty banged up, but they've won the Pac-12 two previous years. They're going to be a good football team. Um, Kansas, we'll see what their turnover is like next season. They're really good right now. I know they're losing a lot of players from that team. Um, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. So you're getting all the newcomers from this past year. And then Texas Tech, Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Baylor, uh, Arizona, the new school there, but Tech, Pokes, and the Bears are teams that you're obviously really familiar with. On paper, that looks like a pretty manageable schedule. Now, I mean, we never know how these things are going to go, but that looks like there's a lot of winnable games there if TCU can continue to improve, has a good offseason, and they look better going into next year. Now, 2025, Colorado, Baylor, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Arizona State, BYU, Houston, Kansas State, and West Virginia. So match up with Kansas State again, get West Virginia again, um, Iowa State in, in the 2025 season, rematch with Colorado. But there's there's so much kind of topsy-turviness going on. You get Houston for a second consecutive year, Baylor as well, Cincinnati in that mix also. Um, but you don't play Tech in 2025. I know a lot of people are upset about that. In the Tech TCU game's fun. I, I love the battle for the saddle. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't protect more of the regional games. There are only four rivalries that are preserved. TCU, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Arizona, Arizona State, and BYU, Utah. And all of those are good games and have history together. Now, I'm not sure why they didn't try to protect Kansas State and Iowa State. That seems like a good one. And then I think TCU and Texas Tech is another game. You could have protected, and it would have been fine. In 2026, they play BYU, Utah, Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Arizona, Tech, Baylor, and UCF. So that 2026 schedule, 
I mean, I'm not going to waste. It looks tough, but that honestly, as soon as I said, it was like that silly. That's so many years in advance. Now we don't know what any of those teams are going to look like. Um, but Utah, Kansas state, West Virginia, uh, in Kansas, if, if the same coaching staffs are there, which I'm sure they won't be in a couple of years at all those schools, I mean, then those are going to be physical football games and uh, the Frogs better be ready to play against some teams that can hit you. In 2027, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Houston, and then Utah, Colorado, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Cincinnati. So you get a couple of repeat teams, but again, the only team that you're going to play year in and year out is going to be Baylor just kind of fascinating. I think we've seen this even with divisions. You know, sometimes you have one side of the division that's much stronger than the other. Um, but this is going to be a whole new world because, I, I mean, year to year, you're going to have very different schedules. And so you might look at the schedule one season and be like, this looks pretty manageable. We should be able to win nine or ten games. Oh, man, our ceiling is maybe seven games. And that's the fascinating thing about the new league to me because – I mean, in the round-robin format, now this year's a little different, but in the round-robin format, you knew, okay, we're going to play these teams every year. We have good film on them. We know what they want to do. We kind of understand what their tendencies are. Now it's going to switch season to season, and it makes, I think, these coaching staffs and, and these uh, guys that are doing the scouting more and more important because they're going to have to find a way to consistently, you know, find out these new teams, understand the moving and shaking that's going on across the league, uh, but that 2024 schedule looks like there is some pay to be made if they can buckle down and get better going into next season. But there is, are games still to be played in 2023. Can TCU make a bowl game? Can they make it five in a row against Texas Tech? We'll talk about that next year on Locked Up on Frogs. All right, everybody wants to make some money, right? That's, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. It's time to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. they got a great deal going on right now. Um, NFL is getting started. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, customers get $150 in bonus bets for any winning $5 money line bet. So you put $5 down, you win that money line bet, and you get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, it's time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They make it simple for you. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and plenty more. FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. They also have the, the safe, secure, and easy-to-use app that you can download on your phone. But FanDuel.com slash on to take advantage of that. You know, you put $5 down on a money line bet, you get $150 back in bonus bets if you win. FanDuel, official betting spark, partner excuse me, of the National Football League. All right, so keys to the game against Texas Tech. What do the Frogs have to do tonight to come up with a win? And, and the first one for me, I, I mentioned it earlier, teams got to start fast. Got to find a way to be better um, at the start of this football game because you got behind 14 nothing to Kansas State. That crowd got into it. Everybody kind of looked like a deer in the headlights, and it didn't work. You cannot have a repeat of that in Lubbock in a, a crowd that's going to be juiced up Thursday night a um, couple nights after Halloween. I think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere there uh, at, at that stadium. And you need to find a way to take the crowd out of it early and allow Josh Hoover to calm down, make plays, you know, make throws, and not, you know, not have him feel the pressure of, oh, man, every possession is so important. we got to keep scoring because the other team's scoring. 
find a way to start fast and make things more comfortable for your team. In in that same vein of making things more comfortable for Josh Hoover, run the football. I mean, I think this is going to be a huge part of it. Both these offensive lines have really struggled, especially in pass protection. TCU has struggled running the football the last few weeks. Can you get Amani Bailey loose? Can you allow him to run the ball well, to control the clock a little bit, um, and make things happen? And if you do that, again, that makes everybody on the offensive job so much easier. You're staying ahead of the schedule. You're staying ahead of the chains. Run the ball. Limit those penalties. Find a way to establish the, the game on the ground and get that pace going in the right direction. Defense, TCU defense, force fourth downs, right? Like Tech is going to go for it a lot on fourth down. It's Joey McGuire has, has leaned in heavily to the analytics mindset of, you know, if we're on the other side of the 50, uh, if we get into opponent's territory, we need to be aggressive. Even on our own side of the 50, if it's a short yard situation, we need to be aggressive and try to convert these because it's extending possession. It's almost kind of like stealing a possession when you can do that. And that get, the game last year turned for TCU when they were finally able to get some stops on fourth down. So force fourth downs, hopefully fourth and long specifically, and then get stops and find a way to get off the field. Can you win the turnover battle? Can the defense find a way to make some big plays to bother Barry Morton? It's been a little while since he's had some game action. Confuse him, throw some different looks at him. Uh, attack this tech offensive line. They struggle to pass protect. I know it's not in Joe Gillespie's nature to bring a ton of pressure, but this is the type of week where you need to find a way to get the quarterback. Find a way to get to Baron Morton, make him uncomfortable, move him off his spot, get him running around in the pocket, and allow your secondary. I think there, I think there's some talent, some ability to make plays, and hopefully make plays on the ball. Okay, what is going to happen tonight when the Frogs take on Texas Tech? Um, again, I, I think these two teams, it's kind of looking in the mirror. It almost feels like a coin flip game because they're so similar. Their seasons have played out in such similar ways. Uh, I feel like TCU wins. I think it's going to be a close ball game. Uh, it's going to be a hard-fought game. There will be lead changes and huge swings, but I, I believe this is the game where Monty Bailey kind of gets back on track establishes himself again as the leader of this offense and that settles everything down, allows them to play, you know, freely defense either forces turnovers like the, the traditional way or forces turnovers on downs and gets the offense extra possessions. And the frogs win a close one by six points against Texas tech on the road and keep their postseason hopes alive. What's your prediction? Drop it in the YouTube comments here. You can also tweet at me at SimcoxSteven, at LockedOnTCU. We'll have a post-game show tomorrow, a live post-game show at 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock Eastern Time with my pal Matt Jennings. He'll join us. We'll break down whatever happens, win or lose. You can be a part of it. You can chime in on the conversation anytime you want to. Thank you for making Lockdown Horn Frogs one of your listens every day. Appreciate you guys. Let's enjoy some TCU football tonight. Locked on Horn Frogs, it's your team every day.